0: Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The gospel of the Lord. It's worth knowing, since we just heard that little bit from Ephesians about not letting the sun go down on our anger, that Jesus is angry today. It's hard to tell from here, sitting like we do in this time and place, so far removed from that moment with Jesus, but it matters that he's angry, I think. We're listening in on this hard conversation, this argument even, some people have said, between Jesus and those crowds who have been following him and challenging him and questioning him for quite some time at this point. Someone smarter than me has even suggested that when Jesus says, do not complain among yourselves, he's really saying something like, shut up, stop whining, Quit complaining. And that side of Jesus is interesting to me. It matters to me, actually. The human frustratable side of Jesus, who must have gotten mad more often than we hear about. Mad, this morning anyway, because he's trying to bring the kingdom to these people who've been gathered around him, and they just don't see it or get it or know what that means. Mad because He's been having this same conversation with these people for at least like six chapters and 51 verses, if you read the Gospel of John this way. And after all this time, they're still bickering about the details. They're still not believing. They're still not receiving what they've seen or experienced or heard about Jesus. So I'll come back to the gospel in a minute, but first, I thought we could have a little laugh. Stephen's going to play a video for us. Want it? Do you want cheese? You want broccoli? Broccoli. You want cheese? You want carrot? No. Do you want cheese? You want it? Do you want cheese? You want broccoli? Broccoli. Do you want cheese? Want carrot? No? Do you want cheese? So it's hard to tell if that dog is really smart or very well-trained or both, maybe, or if he just really likes cheese, as dogs are wont to do. None of that really matters, because my point is that I kind of think Jesus is just trying to get the people in this morning's gospel, all those crowds that have been following him for so long, to eat their theological vegetables. And more than vegetables or cheese even, but the bread that had come down from heaven in him. And he had to be so frustrated and angry, maybe sad even, that they just didn't get it. They just didn't want it, or they just couldn't wrap their brains around it, whatever. Because what matters in all of this back and forth between Jesus and the crowds, those people of faith, is that it took place very near the festival of the Passover, that great national religious holiday for the Jewish people. The Passover was where they celebrated their release from slavery, remember, Their exodus from Egypt, their journey toward God's promised land. We heard last week about how the people of Jesus' day complained to him for not giving them signs like the one their ancestors had gotten back in the day. They did a little grumbling of their own, right? They complained that their ancestors got that miraculous manna in the wilderness, actual bread from heaven— They thought they deserved, and so they were looking for something like that kind of a miraculous sign too. Bread. To feed them, to fill them, to fix them, to save them. Now along comes Jesus claiming to be that kind of bread from heaven. He's claiming not just that he was there to deliver the bread, but that somehow he was that he would be, that he is this bread come down from heaven, this miracle that gives life and hope and salvation to the world, which would sound absolutely ridiculous, you have to admit, since so many of them understood Jesus to be the son of Joseph and Mary down the street, or that kid from the other side of the lake, or that boy from Capernaum. And since most of us know the rest of this story, we know how this ends, with Jesus crucified and raised to new life. And we can read this little bit of it all as a preview of sorts. Jesus is really hinting, if not declaring outright for those who could read between the lines, that he was the new Passover lamb, come down from heaven to be sacrificed for the sake of the world. Jesus. From Nazareth. The son of the carpenter. The boy born to some peasant girl. This neighbor kid. Who everybody knew. Was claiming to have come down from heaven. With this monumental holy task. Of giving up his life In the flesh for the sake of the world. That's ridiculous. Which means Jesus was messing with their tradition, Jesus was undoing everything they had ever been taught or expected. Jesus was replacing the old with something altogether new, and he was inviting these people to live and to believe something altogether different because of it. He was like Elijah in that first reading, who challenged everything those people believed could be true about their God. Jesus was moving their cheese, if you will, and replacing it with broccoli, He was replacing their bread, which meant so much to them, with his body. That is what Jesus was up to with all this talk about the bread of life and the bread from heaven, about eternal life and about giving his flesh for the sake of the world. He was undoing everyone's expectation for who God was, for how God could be, For what God might be up to in the world and how their relationship with God was about to be utterly changed from anything they'd ever known and everything they were used to. How ridiculous. Everything old was becoming new. Everything they were familiar with was changing. The very kingdom of God was all of a sudden alive and well and under their feet in a way they'd never expected, never experienced, never believed could really be possible. And what woulda, coulda, shoulda been a feast of beautiful, hope-filled, life-changing news was unfortunately all received with as much joy and gratitude as a plate of boiled Brussels sprouts. And whether it's eating your vegetables or doing your homework, whether it's ending a bad relationship or putting down the bottle, whether it's showing up for worship or giving your offering or saying your prayers or reading more scripture, whether it's finally forgiving that person, extending that grace, making that sacrifice for the sake of the greater good, haven't we all tried to convince someone or to be convinced ourselves to do or to believe or to behave in some way that we know to be good and faithful and righteous? But that was also really hard to make happen. What Jesus was inviting the people to see and to receive, what God's calling all of us to still, is to open ourselves to the new ways of God's kingdom that is among us. Things like grace and forgiveness. Things like humility and generosity. Things like peace and love for the other and love for our enemies even, too. But we're just not always so great at that, if we're honest. Our necks are stiff, and our hearts are hard, and we are stuck in our ways too much of the time, just like the Jews of Jesus' day, the church, Christian people, as we know each other, are notorious for complaining against each other, fighting over the details letting our own pride and our own preferences get in the way of God's plan for us. So we get this bread from heaven in Jesus who offers us forgiveness, who fills our hearts and our minds and our lives with the same kind of mercy and love and promise that we're meant to share. We get this bread from heaven in Jesus, broken and shared with such abundance that our hands and our hearts cannot hold it all. And this bread from heaven, like Jesus says, isn't really bread or Brussels sprouts or broccoli either. It is the very life and death and resurrection of God in Jesus Christ Christ. Broken and shared for you and for me. It is something altogether new and altogether better and altogether different. It can be hard to believe this bread from heaven. For some, this kind of grace is hard to swallow. For too many, it's really difficult to share. But this bread from heaven in Jesus is for all people. It is meant to feed and to fill every body. It saves and redeems all things, and all of us, too, by God's grace, for the sake of the world, and it changes everything. And it will change us, too, if we will let it. Amen.